Welcome to the Shoreline Community Church Podcast, a community of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and belonging. For more information, be sure to check us out online at shorelinecc.com. I want to invite Pastor Harry. He's the pastor of the Living Church, one of our packed churches, partner churches. But yeah, let's welcome Pastor Harry. Come up today. So, Pastor Harry. You know, I, I say this every time you come up, but I mean it genuinely. Pastor Harry, he's a pastor, he's a leader, but you are genuinely one of the nicest people that I know. And the Lord is just, and I, I mean that sincerely. And some say, well, you say that about everybody. I'm like, God just brings nice people to me. And, but the way that you serve, the way that you give for your heart, the way that you, uh, through, I've seen you through good times and bad times because life is up and down. You know, and we can't control the roller coaster, but we can control whether we're going to lean into God or not. And I've seen you lean into God, and I just want to affirm that in you and to your, your, your community that you serve, how blessed you are to have this, this man of God here serving you faithfully. So thank you for your pursuit of the Lord. And, uh, and I wanted just to take this opportunity because some may have heard your story and some may know about the Living Church, but we have a lot of new people here today that don't. So tell us about the Living Church what it does, and why you have such a heart for Indonesian students here in the area. So, yeah, um, Again, first of all, uh, on behalf of the TLC, I just would like to also thank you for uh, Pastor Duane and Pastor Stephanie. That has been such a gracious, it's been supporting our ministry, and we cannot be as of today it is not because of the way how you reach out to me. You always be there. Even just now, you ask me, Pastor Harry, uh, what can I do for you? That is the thing that, you know, sometimes in our life, we need someone that tell you like that, right? And that's about Pastor Duane. And, and, and if I can stand still here doing the ministry in TLC, it is because of SEC has been adopting our church in a very amazing way. We thought all of you and the congregation here, probably mm-hmm. TLC will be already uh, not existed or somewhere it's hard to worship and to be like what we are today. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are able to reach out to the student, Indonesian student, and, 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 and the reasons that uh, I have the heart to reach out to the Indonesian student because I myself got safe. I grew up uh, from the non-Christian background, and then I was really bad in the family. I will say the prodigal son in the family, and and there is some ministry that reach out to me, mm. and I got saved and become a pastor, and it is because of also someone have the heart, Amen. and we are so thankful for uh, SCC that has been allowing us to use the facility here to reach out to the. Indonesian student or even to the international community. Again, thank you so much Amen. for everything that SCC <laughs> has been done. Amen. Amen. You know, this is the Lord's. Everything we have here is the Lord's, and we're just called to be good stewards. And I'm praying that there would just be more and more pastors and leaders that just show up and go, man, how can we partner together? Because we're, we're, we're better together in the body of Christ. We learn from each other. It is uh, it is so powerful. So, Pastor Harry, would you pray for us and for this gathering today, and whether it's in, in your, uh, your home language or whatever it is, but can you just, just, just pray over us today? 
Okay, so uh, uh, to give the international flavor, I probably would like to pray in Indonesia. How about that? Yes, yeah? yes. And trust me, you just say amen. It's, it's <laughs> everything according to the Bible, amen? Uh, if you don't understand, let the Holy Spirit to help you to understand on that one. Before that, I would like to uh, read the first from Revelation chapter 7. Yes. Uh, uh, chapter 7, verse 9 to 10, yeah? Can you stand up and let me read it right now? After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne, before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were, were holding palm branches in their hand, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Amen. May God be glory, and let's pray together. Bapa Surgawi, pada hari ini aku berdoa ya Bapa, sebagaimana segala bangsa, segala suku, segala bahasa, semua berkumpul di tempat ini. Ini adalah heavenly rehearsal, Lord God, di mana sebelum kami naik ke surga, setiap bangsa, setiap suku kami menyembah bersekutu dan menyanyikan lagu penyembahan kepadamu Tuhan. Aku berdoa Tuhan pada saat sekarang ini Tuhan, sebagaimana Shoreland Community Church dan semua kami semua berada di sini untuk menjangkau suku-suku, bangsa-bangsa yang ada di Washington State. Tuhan, biar hadiratmu ada di tempat ini. Tuhan, aku berdoa biar engkau membuka pintu keselamatan dari timur, barat, utara, dan selatan. Setiap bangsa-bangsa, setiap suku, setiap bahasa, mereka akan bersekutu, mereka akan berlutut dan menyembah Yesus sebagai Tuhan dan Juru Selamat yang hidup. Kami bersyukur sekali lagi Tuhan pada acara International Festival pada hari ini Tuhan. Biar kami boleh merasakan hadirat Tuhan. Kami boleh merasakan Yesus dan kami pulang boleh menemukan keselamatan dari tempat ini Tuhan. Di dalam nama Tuhan Yesus Kristus. Kita yang percaya mengatakan amin. God bless you all. Amen. 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 That resonated. And I want to pray for TLC. Would you just extend your hand as we pray a blessing upon, upon Pastor Harry? Father, again, we thank you for Pastor Harry, the Living Church, all of their leadership, Lord, their worship team, so many leaders that they develop and disciple and deploy around the world. Father, may you strengthen him. May you empower him and his team. May they be filled with the power that comes from your spirit because we know without Christ we can do nothing, but we can do all things through you who gives us strength. So, Lord, in this next season, I pray for a fresh empowerment, a fresh anointing, a fresh and filling for him and his team, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone say together. Amen. 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 What a great day to be here. Isn't it awesome? Such joy in this place, and it's so exciting. As we started thinking about this day, and Pastor Harry, I have to give credit to whom credit is due. Pastor Harry came to us and said, I think we need to do an international fest. I see God changing things, working things, and it was his idea, so thank you. We believe it was a God idea. And so we're excited. As we started thinking about the nations that are represented just here, we were counting up to 40 different nations where country of birth is not the United States. Here are just a few of them. Russia, the Republic of Georgia, Argentina, Mexico, Brazil, Zambia, Ethiopia, Eritrea, Uganda, Canada. Come on. Both of these churches are pastored by international pastors. Australia, Indonesia, China, Taiwan, South Korea, Fiji, Samoa, Ukraine, uh, Costa Rica, 
Shout out, Tommy. Come on. Belgium, England, Kenya, Philippines, Japan, Norway, Tanzania. We could keep going. Isn't that amazing? What is God doing? What is God doing? And we recognize that as God is building and we, we send and support missionaries that all, all over the world. In fact, you're going to hear from two who served for decades. Terry and Marcia Peretti served for 40 years in Italy. Randy and Colleen Martin served for close to 25 years in Indonesia. And we sent and supported them for years. Your SEC missions dollars helped send and support, and we do that. And we're looking forward to field teams going in this next year and two years all over the world. So get your passports ready. It's been an awesome thing to see what God is doing abroad. But we are celebrating today not only the global community that's across the water or around the world, but we are celebrating the global community of God that God is building right here at Shoreline and TLC. God is doing a good thing. So I would like to introduce you to a friend of mine, Pastor Anna. Pastor Anna is going to come forward. Yes, give it up. <laughs> Pastor Anna and I became friends, oh gosh, about four years ago. About. About. This is one of my dearest friends. Uh, Pastor Anna has been a prayer support for me. She has been a confidant. Um, she pastored and, and planted uh, a Spanish Assembly of God church up north, and then God began to change her heart to do something new that we believe that God is going to sow the seeds for today. And so I know some of her team is here today, too, and I'm super excited about that. But first of all, Pastor Anna did not grow up in the United States. You were born? I was born in Nicaragua, actually Bluefields in the Atlantic coast of Nicaragua. And she experienced a lot more before the age of 18 than many of us can ever anticipate. You want to tell us a little bit about your story and how you yes, came? Yes, yes. Well, I was born in the, I, my husband says I'm his Caribbean girl, because when you are born in Bluefields, Nicaragua, and the Atlantic coast, that is actually a Caribbean islands. Um, so I was born there. I left there when I was eight years old to go to the, actually from the islands to the city. And in 1979, there was a civil war in my country, in Nicaragua. And I left there um, uh, when I was 10 with my whole family. There was, uh, I have five brothers, one sister. And we left there under fire, literally under fire. Um, the kind of fire that you actually have to run zigzag and you can actually see the bullets coming at you. You could see the people shooting at you. It was just, um, it was an act of God that my family and I are still alive. Mm -hmm. And so that happened in 1979. I was 10 years old. We were refugees in El Salvador. We lived there for about um, eight years or so. Um, and then we came to the States. I came to the States with my family about 1987, 1989, somewhere around there, uh, where there was another war in, in El Salvador, and that's why we had to leave. We had to change our names. We, we couldn't, people couldn't know who we were because of our last name and who my dad was. And so it was, um, we lost one home. We went to a new home. We lost that home, and we came to the United States of America, and this is my home. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> This is not an everyday kind of story, but what's, what's really amazing is after you came to the United States, you, you were not a person of faith for quite a while. I was not. I was not a person of faith. Um, be quiet, completely transparent. I gave my life to Christ 40 years ago. I mean, I'm sorry, I was 40 when I gave my life to Christ. I am 54 today. Um, this year, June, July, was, I got baptized 10 years ago, and God has just put me in this kind of like a battery, you know, like when uh, there's a, a charged battery, 
He just, after I got baptized, he just did that. And he just started changing my life. He's changed my family's life. He's changed people around me. Mm. Anna is also an engineer by training. In fact, she played a really critical role. We've been excited about the launch of our coffee house. And Anna was a key part of the team that helped us to navigate the traffic impact fee that we were trying to work through. And praise God, we saw a miracle take place because of her training. Her husband, Blaine, is also an, an engineer with the city of Mount Vernon. Um, so that was her background and training. Uh, but God began to invite her into something that was completely different and unusual. And as you, hear, as you hear this, I pray that the ears of our spirits and our hearts would be open to hear. Because God may nudge you to do something that you think is absolutely crazy. But it's always for a purpose. And I'd love for her to tell you a little bit about that. Well, so we planted in 2018. We planted a bilingual church. Half of our simple church is here today. Our church is only 14 people. This is a disciple-making and multiplication church. So out of 14 of us, we're all out there making disciples in the way we live our lives. So we do it at work. We do it at home. We do it at school. We do it in the grocery store. It's a lifestyle. Uh, this was new to me. As a, as a pastor, ordained pastor, you know, you get all the training. But this was different. This I knew the Great Commission. I knew that God calls us all to, to work out the Great Commission. But God said something different. He said, go. Close the doors of the building and go. So he sent me to Walmart. <laughs> and I, I called my mentors and my friends and some of my pastor friends. said, okay, you guys pray? Because am I hearing this right? Am I going to Walmart? Um, I had one of my mentors come back and said to me, Anna, this is your Nineveh. And I said, okay. So I went to Walmart. Um, this uh, next month will be two years since I've been on Walmart. And I got to tell you what God has done. When you're obedient, he just will knock your socks off. It is scary, but you have to jump. Because when you jump and you're with him, he is with you. And he promises that he will not leave you. And so he has not left me. He has not left me. I got to Walmart. And I remember being in orientation. And I'm sitting there with all these young men. 20s, you know, maybe 25, mid-20s, and they are talking about what they've done the night before. My ears I should not be hearing that stuff, <laughs> right? And I'm sitting there, and I'm still wondering. I'm praying, and I said to him, Lord, why? Why do you send me here? And Stephanie's heard this before, I know. And he said, it's not the plans I have for you. Is the plans I have for them yes. through you. And I was sold. And I was done. And he's done miracles there. He's healed. There's been two healings. There's been salvations. Um, we've been discipling. I've been discipling some of my coworkers. Um, you know, there's people serving that I never served before without being associated to a church. Um, it, he's just done miraculous things there. And he continues to do that. It's not what God will do for you. It's what he wants to do for others. And that's the whole reason why he sends us to make disciples of all nations, even while we're becoming disciples ourselves. We don't arrive at a place, and we say it all the time, we're about becoming and making disciples of Jesus as we gather, grow, and go. God is doing something good. And I pray that as you listen to each person talk today, that a little part of, of our imagination, our spiritual imagination, 
would begin to open and awaken, that God would plant some new dreams at SEC and TLC for the lost that we're surrounded by. She went to Walmart because there was an unreached people group, and God is stirring for the unreached people groups that are right here in our neighborhood. Yes, absolutely. There are unreached people groups in, in all of our areas. Um, and there's unreached people groups that we might not know about, that I did not know about. And these are people, unreached people groups that might speak Spanish and might speak different dialects. And so how do we reach that? What's it going to take? Not what we can do, but what's it going to take for us to actually reach the unreached I mean, not only in our areas, in our region, in Seattle, in Washington, in North America, but around the world. There are about three, 300, I'm sorry, 340 right now unreached people groups. And thus all amounts to about 3.4 billion of people that haven't heard his name, that cannot praise him because they don't know him. And so that's going to be up to you and I to be obedient, to go, to obey, to be uncomfortable, to go to the ends of the earth like he asked us to do. But I got to tell you, don't think it's easy because it's not. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> it, is, it is hard, but it's so rewarding. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like jumping out of an airplane. You just got to do it. <laughs> Which she has also done, not only from the 10,000 foot, but the 13,000. 13, she said 10,000 wasn't high enough, so she, <laughs> we should have a picture. She, as she, was drop, as she was jumping out of this plane. She had the biggest ear-to-ear -ear smile you have ever seen in your life jumping out of a plane. So she's not only talking about what happens when we say yes to Jesus, but she's actually literally done that. But God is doing something new, and I pray that this is just the beginning. Amen? Amen. Jesus, would you bless yes. one voice multiplication Lord, I pray that you would bless the work of her hands and establish it. Lord, I pray that the disciple makers in our region would expand and flourish, that you would train us, that you would send us, and I pray that we would be obedient to go wherever you lead us. Lord, some around the world, some are going to be called to missions uh, to go and serve abroad, and that is awesome. Lord, I pray that we would be obedient, and some God is going to send into our workplaces and our neighborhoods, and he's going to say, go there, and we're going to be obedient obedient because we want to honor you. We want your name to be known in Jesus' name. Bless Anna, bless her team, and Lord, I pray that, that the fruit, the fruit from their disciple-making movement, Lord, would just take over in places where you are not known. In Jesus' name and for your glory, amen. 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 Thank you. Wow. Isn't it so good to hear about what God is doing locally and in so many different places? And uh, today, as we were preparing for this, we, uh, and amen, bless the babies. I love babies crying. It means more babies for the kingdom of the, for the, for the Father. So as we gather today, we're, next we wanted to bring to you two of our long-term missionaries. These are missionaries that SEC has supported for over 25 years. Uh, the first one that I want to bring up to you is Dr. Colin Martin. Colleen and Randy Martin, they have served in Indonesia for 25 years and uh, now the Lord has brought them stateside, and they are serving to international communities here. So would you welcome Dr. Colleen Martin as she shares today? Here you go. Thank you, Colleen. This is exciting to be back here. As, as pa both pastors said, we have been here many times before, and this church is a church of hospitality and love. That's the secret amongst us missionaries, right? The, you all welcome us so well. So I have a question. How many of you have traveled outside of America? Raise your hand. 
Okay, there's quite a few here. How many of you have ever stayed or lived long-term in another country? Maybe a year or more? Okay. How many of you were born in another country? Aha, there we go. Well, that's what we're talking about today, isn't it? Ooh, this is a loud mic. Okay, I'm used to quiet, so okay. But I'll preach loud. I can do it like Anna. Okay, Anna, where'd you go? We're going to preach, okay? <laughs> um, I love to see that shoreline is the international community. And I'm not as, I'm not preaching. I am kind of teaching today, so I have to look at my notes, okay? Um, today, I'm going to be sharing about what God's doing um, with the people who are like us around here, because many of us have lived overseas. Randy and I raised our children in Indonesia. Jadi bisa bahasa Indonesia, walaupun tidak sepintar dengan bapak situ, ya. I said we raised our kids there, and I speak Indonesian, but not as good as him. <laughs> it was so good to hear you pray, Pak Heri, Pastor Heri. Gambala Pak Heri, ya. So I am Carl Martin, and my husband Randy is right there, and we've been a team for 42 years. We studied at Northwest University together, and then um, Eastern Washington, and then Indonesia. Now back in America, getting used to America again. There's, it's interesting. But there's a lot, of, um, a lot of internationals in our area, and we are so excited because it makes us feel at home. And God is calling us now as we're back in America. We're teaming up with another gal named Sharon Hamer who wasn't able to be here. But our heart is for the, the immigrants and the refugees that God has brought into our areas. It's amazing. If I'm walking down the street, in fact, the other day I went jogging, and who did I meet? An immigrant from Denmark, and then a man, a friend of mine from Korea, and then another gal from another country, and I can't remember right now. So everywhere we go, God has brought the nations to us. And to us, we see that as something amazing. And we're going to have some slides in just a minute. Um, from its inception, the Assemblies of God, and this is an Assemblies of God church, has been sending out global missionaries all over the world with great impact. We have seen the impact of that, and some of you are the results of missionaries being sent out. But what God is doing, what Stephanie and Pastor Duane have mentioned, is God is now bringing the nations to us. Some of them, like you, most many of you are followers of Jesus already, but there are many who don't know Jesus yet. They're coming from different faiths and different beliefs. Some of them, of the immigrants who are coming in, are refugees, and that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Had no idea Anna's story. I had no idea your story, and that's what I'm talking about a little bit, Anna. So we're ready for the first slide. There we go. The movement of the nations is called diaspora, and we call it in missions, diaspora missions. The diaspora of, of nations is a worldwide, is worldwide an unprecedented, that's a hard word to say to English, when I get nervous I can't talk, unprecedented, there we go, at the current time. There's never been such a great move. Things that we read about in um, our history books years ago are happening now. Wars, running from, <laughs> from bullets. Um, these things are happening, abuse, trafficking of refugees, um, ethnic cleansing, war, genocide, horrible abuses are happening in different countries all over the world now. This is the reason that families have fled to America and other countries, because of war, instability, and political unrest. The term diaspora shifted to include refugees around the world. The United Nations formally recognized this problem in the year 2000. The United Nations says that about 2,000, in the, by the year 2019, a record high of 79.5 million people around the world 
were displaced from their homes because of conflict or persecution. Out of the 79.5 million refugees, about 30 million, or over 37%, are children and teens. And I know if you look at, if you're listening to the news about the, our border, the border challenges in Mexico, a lot of the, those who are coming across are children and teens. When we lived in Indonesia, we, there was political unrest. We had a monetary crisis in Southeast Asia. And so in 1998, the children and I had to flee the country, take the last plane out, leaving Randy. We didn't know if we'd see him again. We didn't know if our house would be burned. There was a, a political leader who said, if the president doesn't step down, then every major city in Indonesia will be burned. And we go, we live in one of those. Randy goes, you need to get on that plane. Because I wasn't sure. God said, I said, Jesus, should, should we go? And he said, listen to your husband. I thought, that was a good idea. I should listen to my husband. So I said, what do you think, Randy? He goes, you, you guys need to get on that plane. We had to say goodbye to him and didn't know if we would see him again. In our situation, we were able to go back to Indonesia. Praise the Lord. And there was a lot of people that needed healing because of so much heartache in Jakarta especially. But we know what that's like. We know the fear of, of, of running away. We didn't have bullets. They don't allow guns in Indonesia. So we only had bombs and knives. <laughs> but, but most people in Indonesia are very kind. It was just a time of upheaval. They were yeah. Many of our immigrant refugees and neighbors have been through tremendous heartache, fleeing their countries, leaving so much behind. Refu uh, a significant number of migrants are refugees, which I'm referring to. A refugee is a person who is unable or unwilling to return to his or her country of nationality because of persecution or a well-founded fear of persecution on account of race, religion, nationality, membership in a particular social group, or political opinion. Our Christian sisters and brothers are part of those who are fleeing. As Sharon and I, my coworker and I, have befriend immigrant and refugee women, we've been hearing their stories. They've been sharing them to us. I have pictures of them, but for their safety, I cannot share those pictures with you or tell you from what country they, they are from because they still could be um, in danger, even here. One of our friends who lives not far from here had to flee Afghanistan just over a year ago with her four children. Her husband was one of the interpreters for the U.S. Army. As the Taliban came closer, they, had, they, they were warned, you have to leave pretty soon, pretty soon. Suddenly it was go. They had to leave right away. They didn't say goodbye to family. They didn't take anything with them. They made it here. They were safe. But unfortunately, in the home that they lived in, they were put in one bedroom with four children. And the owners of the house said, I'm sorry, but the children may not leave the house, the room, all day long until the children from our daycare leave. Can you imagine being in a foreign country, you don't know the language, and you have to stay in the room all day long? Welcome to America. Another single mother, she had to um, flee her country. In her job, she found information that was... Um, put her on a blacklist. So two, there's three coworkers that found this information. One fled to another country, the other was killed, and she was found, finally, after living in different houses. And they um, attacked her, abused her. She was in the hospital for two weeks, finally was able to come to America with her daughter. And she was put in a, in a house in America, and one day the owners of the home came and said, I'm sorry, today you have to move out. So this is the trauma that people are going through on both sides, both sides of the world. But 
they are finding places to live safer now. We are, we're watching them. One of, our co one of the friends that we've been talking to and taking time with, she, she showed Sharon a picture of rubble. And she said, this was my house in Ukraine. This is my, my house. And she, very stoic, but she had a tear coming down her face. And she said, my parents are still there. So these are the stories to let you know what some of our refugee um, neighbors have gone through. And now I know Anna has gone through that. So, but God can bring good out of it. These things shouldn't be happening, but I believe that God has brought them to us, to our country, for such a time as this. Our mandate is to minister to those who've had to flee, as the Bible teaches to care for the foreigners and strangers. In the book of Exodus and Leviticus, there's a lot talking about taking care of the strangers, you and taking care of the foreigners. And he, God reminds the Israelites that they were foreigners in a different land. So be, so be considerate. I remember going to Indonesia and um, just did not know how to speak the language. Actually, I lived in Japan first, and I knew how to count to five, and where is the train station? That was my skill. <laughs> and then I took three children with Randy and I. We took our three children there. I couldn't even ask where the bathroom is, and that's important when you have three children. I could say, Puji Tuhan, which is a bad way to say Puji Tuhan, <laughs> praise the Lord. So sometimes we feel overwhelmed by the, the numbers of the refugees. If we're watching the news or... But I believe that God created communities to welcome in the refugees. I believe he prepared a special place for them. That is the churches. You and I find safety. We find refuge. We find friendship in the churches. And that is where we can invite our friends to come. Maybe it won't be into a regular church service. Maybe it will just be into our home. Our, we just left, when we just left our house, our neighbors who are from Mexico, they were cooking up a storm. And I thought, SEC, our neighbors, SEC, our neighbors. <laughs> they were going to have, they were, they were going to have a great time with, they were making tortilla and all this food. And I go, okay, we'll go to SEC today because they have food too. Anyway, <laughs> but God has brought the, the nations to us and I just lost my track. Oh, but hospitality, you never know. It might be food. It might be, I love it, working at Walmart. I have new Bangladeshi um, neighbors or friends from my Walmart. So I am befriending them because I love those working with the women there. Um, so, the, so those communities God has brought to us, our churches. From living in two different countries, I mentioned this a little bit, I know what it's like to be new. We did not know how to pay the bills. I remember Randy having, he grew up in Malaysia, so his Indonesian is much better than mine. And he, he had to go out and try to learn how to pay the bills. We didn't know how to put our children in the school system after we moved to putting them into Indonesian schools. Um, we didn't know how to um, uh, go to the grocery store. So those are simple things. So I'm going to ask a question. Those of you who immigrated to America when you were adults, do you remember that, trying to go to the grocery store or learning how to get a driver's license? Yeah, okay. Those are little things that we in the church can help our friends with. I'm so thankful my family was welcomed and not rejected when we were immigrated to America. My, my, gen, my family, it was a few generations back, but we fled from starvation in Ireland, and we were welcomed in this country. So I believe that that's what the, God has brought us to do, is to welcome them. 
As we share the love of Jesus to our global neighbors through simple tasks, maybe helping them get groceries, helping them get their driver's license, we will earn the right to share the truth of Jesus, the love of Jesus first, and then the truth of Jesus. We have some Afghani friends that some of the churches south of Seattle and north of Seattle have teamed up to help. When they left, um, their husband had already been killed by Taliban. Um, yeah, this is a church family. This is not Nuria. But Nuria and her family had to leave the country. Her 16-year-old boy, when he's walking to the plane, had a gun held to his head. His brother had already been kidnapped by Taliban and kept captive for years. He escaped to Germany, and now they're in contact. But because of the churches loving on them, helping them get furniture, help Beth Backus's um, church, um, one of the international church plants, she, they helped them get a car. And so we, they just love us, and we love them. There are, you know, living in a Muslim country is no problem. We know to take our shoes off. We know how to greet them. We know how to eat their food. Did I say that before food? Um, so it is the love of Jesus that gives us the right to t share the truth of Jesus, because they need that. When you're in a new community, everything is strange and intimidating. Trust is built by being culturally sensitive maybe taking your shoes off in their home, credible, keeping your word, meeting their felt needs, helping them learn language. Okay, as I'm working on this, I just remembered my mom helped refugees that fled from Hungary in the 1960s. She taught English to them using a Bible. And years later, I saw that lady, Mary Veselowski, in my church. And I go, Mary, you're following Jesus now. My mom taught her English like 50 60, 50, 60 years ago almost. So I thought, I'm doing the same, gonna do the same thing. And it changed that family's life, what my mom did. So trust is built by being friends and family and loving them. And then this church has an amazing ministry to uh, partnering with TLC. So we are, you know, living in Indonesia, that makes our hearts so happy. There's TLC right up there. There you are, guys. Yay! <laughs> So I'm excited how Shoreline Community's vision for global and local missions is already impacting so many lives, um, like how you've opened your heart to TLC and many of the internationals here. And lastly, Shoreline Community Church is where we gather together like we are and we grow together and then we go. And that's what I'm talking about, gathering together, being family, and growing together, discipling, and be being a disciple and discipling others, going out to the marketplace, Walmart, engineering, um, wherever you go, I work another side job, and that is my chance to love on people who don't know Jesus. I believe that your heart is to invite your global neighbors into a safe community. Even though we eat different foods, we have different beliefs, even though we're from different backgrounds, we can still be community where Jesus' love reigns. Hospitality is at the root of the gospel, welcoming the stranger in. And that is, I see that same, SEC offers hospitality, and knows how to do that well. God bless you on your journey, welcoming your global neighbors. Amen. Hold on for a little bit, Carl, because I, I want to pray for you. I love, one of the things I love that we're hearing today is we're hearing the uh, entrepreneurial uh, spirit of Jesus. 
to where it's so important that we gather together, but I hope you're seeing all the various ways and different ways of the Lord using you in your gift, whether it's at Walmart and just, we go to where, to where people are. Many of you know my story with the coffee house and with those ways, but in all these ways, wherever we go, it's allowing the Lord to use us in those spaces to connect people around to him. And I love, as she was talking about earlier, about the different ways, and we've talked about how uh, creating food where you draw people into, you're having a meal together and how that breaks down the walls and opens things up. And whether it's teaching people how to, how to get a driver's license, how to apply for certain things, how to get housing. And, and I love how uh, my predecessor, Pastor Bob, he would always say, the Lord directs a moving servant. And he compared it to a car that as you, that the steering wheel in a car does no value unless you're moving. And it says, step by step as we go, the Lord leads us, the Lord directs us. And we're going to have a time of prayer at the end, but Kevin, I'd, I'd like to just pray for you. And we're praying about, is there something more that the Lord would, would, would do here? Is there a way that we could be partnering more? Because I've been praying for that next pack and saying, Lord, you know, is there a way that we can reach out to the international community here in a greater way? How can we partner with this? And, and the Lord just began just expanding my friendship network. So can we just pray today and, and pray for Call and pray for Randy and, and that the Lord would just continue to lead them and continue to use them and use all of us? So just extend your right hand or your left hand or both hands, and we're just going to pray. So, Father, we thank you for Lord Colleen and Randy today, servants of the Most High God. And Lord, you've used them globally, and now, Lord, you've brought them to the global community that is literally here in our backyard. And so, Father, as they step out in faith, Lord, as they have, uh, as they have studied, Lord, as they have worked hard the fields that you've put them in, Father, I pray that you would bless them, that you would continue to speak to them, to show them the way that they should walk. And Lord, for us here at SCC, Lord, that you continue to speak to us and show us, Lord, how we can be a part of reaching and loving our global neighbors right here across the street, Lord, in the condos that are behind us. Lord, we want to be a part of what you are doing. We don't want to miss it. We know that your will and your way is going to go forward, but you've invited us to be a part of it. So, Lord, show us how we can be a part of it. So, Lord, bless them, use them. We know as we go, you provide all of our needs. It's, you've called us to simply obey, to be men and women who hear of the Lord, but then we walk in faith and obedience. And, Lord, that as we walk and as we step, faith arise in us. So, Lord, bless them, use them, and continue to speak to us, we pray in your name. And everyone said together, amen, amen. Can you thank Dr. Martin today? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I want to bring up one more uh, missionary couple to you. Uh, Terry and Marsha Peretti um, have been missionaries globally for over 40 years, I believe. Uh, over 40 years faithfully serving in Italy. And they're going to share a little bit of, about their story and what they're doing. But the Lord, uh, it's amazing to me how the Lord has called so many missionaries here to the city that I love. I love all cities, but uh, I, I love what the Lord is doing here. And so they're going to share a little bit about what the Lord is doing in their life and how the Lord has called them to be multi-ethnic directors with uh, NWMN, that stands for Northwest Ministry Network, that, that we are a part of. So Terry and Marcia, so good to have you here today and so excited to hear about what the Lord is doing in and through your life. So can we welcome them today as they share? We are so blessed to be here today. What an amazing uh, morning we're having. Uh, these stories are so precious. Thank you, Anna. 
Thank you, Blaine. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Colleen. Thank you, Harry. Thank you for all the work you do for the glory of God. Because the Lord loves people. He loves people. That's the most important thing, is that people are reached for him, and they know him. And it's so wonderful um, to hear these stories. I want to say, this church, we have connections with it since 1975. That's a while. Um, you've done so much for us uh, overseas and since we've been home as well. And I thank God that this is a church that cares about foreign missions. It cares about home missions. It cares about local missions. It just cares about people. And the Lord is using you in all of these aspects. And I just praise God for you and thank you. That's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yes, somebody in this church has been writing a check for us when we were four missionaries. Somebody in that office over there every month for 40 years was writing a check to support the Paredes overseas. And so we thank you for your faithfulness. You know, in foreign missions, it's the only enterprise, or even home missions, it's the only enterprise where you sow seed in another field and you, you gain fruit and growth in your own field. And that's the way the work of God is. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to, uh, to, to Acts chapter 13. Now, there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who is called Niger. And I want you to notice this church in Antioch was a multi-ethnic or multi-racial uh, international church. You got that? The church at Antioch, chapter 13 of Acts. Now, there were in the church at Antioch prophets... And teachers. Oh, you mean you can have more than one prophet in a church? Huh, yeah. Teachers. Oh, you mean you can have more than one teacher in a church? Yeah. Then you have Barnabas. He was from Cyrene. Simeon, who was called Niger. Can you guess what country Simeon was from? Or what continent? Africa. Lucius of Cyrene. Manine, of, uh, a lifelong friend of Herod, the Tetrarch. And Saul, who was also from Tarsus. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Interesting thing about this church in Antioch. Isn't it interesting that the first missionaries sent out from, to, into world missions uh, were sent out from a multi-ethnic or multi-racial church? Marcia and I had the privilege for several years to pastor an international church in downtown Rome uh, for about five years. I, I always, I pastored, before that, I pastored an Italian church, spoken Italian. I've preached in Italian more than I have in English, and Marcia has too. And they asked me, hey, Peretti, would you uh, take care of this international church? I said, okay, and uh, because you're the only one who speaks English good enough, okay, and so, and so I did it. And I noticed an interesting concept. I noticed something different because, I mean, when you go to... For, for, for millennia, for millennia, for hundreds of years, people stayed in their own people area because of travel. It was not possible to travel as much. Communication, there was no internet. I mean, why do we speak different countries in Europe? You know, it's because 
You, got, you speak Italian in Italy, and then you speak French in France, and then you speak uh, Spanish in Spain, and then you speak Portuguese in Portugal. How in the world did all of that evolve? Those languages evolved because in the olden days, there were mountain ranges. There were seas. There were, uh, there were oceans that separated people uh, from, uh, from the rest of the world, and so their own languages developed. Now, you remember on the day of Pentecost, what happened? Acts chapter 2, verse 4. You know that. Do you know for Acts chapter 2, verse 4? Yeah, I know that. All right, I'll tell you in case you don't, in case you can't remember. All they, they were all gathered together. The 120 disciples of Jesus Christ at that particular moment were gathered together in the upper room. And they were praying and they were waiting for the gift of the Holy Spirit. They were saved. They knew Jesus. But they needed one more dimension, and that was the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you shall receive Hey, hey, Duane, you're doing a good job. (laughs) You will receive power after that the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Seattle, and uh, Judea, which is probably King County, you know, and Samaria, which is probably Pierce County, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You notice that the work of God starts at home, but it also spreads around the world. Missionaries have gone out from this church. They were probably saved in this church, filled with the Holy Spirit in this church. And, they, uh, and they, they, they grew up here, and then all of a sudden, boom, they end up in Indonesia or who knows where, because that's the plan of God. And uh, as it was said before, God is bringing people from all nations now to this country. This is a phenomenon that we're seeing now in our day, and it's because it's easier to travel. It's not easy to travel, but, I mean, people move around, Right. I mean, we've got jet airplanes, we've got big boats, we've got, and then you've got another dimension, which is internet. And I'm still preaching in Italy uh, by internet uh, every week. And, and it's amazing how times have changed and the world is becoming smaller. And what you see is you see God is bringing people and cultures together. The plan of God for Seattle is to bring, in the Church of Jesus Christ, is to bring culture together. The devil, what does the devil want to do? He wants to create division. The devil wants to create misinformation. The devil wants to create hate and mistrust. But the the message of the gospel is to preach the love of Christ. And there's only one individual, and I've seen this in my own life. We've seen it around the world. There's only one person that can bring all the races, all the cultures, all the languages together, and that's Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. God is doing some fantastic things overseas. Um, Are we on the Internet? Are we live right now? Oh, okay. I can't tell a whole bunch of stuff. But uh, (laughs) I can tell you this. God is working behind the scenes. I can say this. I I can go ahead and say this. In in, In Israel and places like that, among the Arab world, there is a tremendous move of the Holy Spirit, and many Arabs are coming to Christ in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And, and, you know, you can't even count the number of things that God is doing around the world because he is building his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And Iran, it, used to, it, it is still a very anti, uh, anti-Christian government. But you know something? There are two million believers, Pentecostal believers, in the country of Iran today. Jesus is building his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And I really appreciated what you said uh, uh, Colleen, because you, you, you taught a lot of interesting things. I'm just going to say, I'm going I'm to conclude this in about three minutes, all right? 
because we want to give space and time for the Holy Spirit. Okay, working cross-culturally, working with many races, uh, you need at least four things. You need patience, all right? It takes patience to, to work with another cultural group. It takes patience to work with someone that's come from a different language. Patience. It takes love. You have to love the person more than you love yourself. You love that person so much you want to make friends. And one, there is a problem in Italy, in, in, Italy, in Seattle. Uh, I didn't say this. I didn't coin this phrase, but they call it the Seattle freeze. All right? Uh, Seattle is known for not being a very friendly place. They call it Seattle freeze. But you know what? God has asked us to be friendly and to, bring, to smile to someone that looks different than you do and to ask for their story. Let them talk. Tell us. Tell me your story. Where are you from? Where are you going? Tell me about yourself. And that opens the door. Show interest. Show hospitality, as was said before. Okay? Patience. Love. Communication. You know, I'm going to ask my, my friends born in different countries, learn English as best as you can. Because another concept there in, in Antioch is that they, they spoke very, very well. That church spoke Greek real well. And Greek was the international language. And so that's how come they were able to send missionaries out because those missionaries could speak Greek. And it wasn't just to speak to the Jews. So learn English as best you can. And don't forget your native language. You say, well, I don't know if I can learn English or not. Well, yeah, I guess you can because you're, you're listening to me. So I had to learn Italian. And, uh, and, and if I can learn a foreign language, you can too. All right? But then at the same time, we that are born and raised in America, try to learn Spanish. Come on. Try to learn another language. Try to learn. Do what you can to learn to communicate with those that come from different countries. Love. Okay, patience. Love. Communication. And you know what? To communicate, sometimes you have to communicate. You have to say the same thing, same thing in different ways two or three times. Make sure you understand each other. Even my wife and I have to work on communication. All right? Now, did I understand what you said? Well, I told you last. Well, I don't know if I understood. You know, and you work at it because of love and patience. You learn to communicate with one another. And then the fourth thing is humility. Nobody is, is above the other. We are all equal before God. And the other phenomenon that I noticed overseas when I pastored that church in Rome was that, and we see it in the book of Antioch, where you have the nations come together, the different ethnic groups come together, and they love each other, and they want to work and cooperate together. You have a special anointing of the Holy Spirit. Where did the first missionaries go? Where were they first sent out from? They were sent out from Antioch, a multinational, international church and the, they, wait, they, they fasted, they prayed, and the Holy Spirit said, call out Barnabas and Saul. I have a job for them. The Holy Spirit spoke to them, and the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us here this morning. Shall we do that? Shall we give some time for the Holy Spirit? And I want to ask uh, everyone just to stand. This is what I believe, because I've seen it. I've seen it. We would have altar calls in our international church in downtown Rome, on the, one of the main shopping streets of downtown Rome, and we would have people from 40 different nations. They would come, home, they would come forward to pray. And when you have different races of people loving each other, even though they are different from each other, the Holy Spirit honors that. And he, put, he sends out a special anointing. 
We're going to ask those who need prayer to come forward. And you know, the Lord wants to baptize in the Holy Spirit this morning. The Lord wants to save. Maybe someone here doesn't know Jesus as their Savior. You can come forward. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But how will they be able to call on him whom they have not heard? And how can they hear except a missionary be sent? Well, here you are. The answer is Jesus. No matter who you are, if you do not know Jesus, you can call upon him this morning. There are others who need a miracle, a healing. Jesus can heal your body this morning. And why is that? Because God is here. The Holy Spirit is here. He will respond to the love we have one for another, and he will hear your cry. So I'm going to ask those who need prayer, who need a miracle from God, or who need more from God, just to make their way to the front. And we will just begin to worship the Lord, sing. And this is what I want us to do at one particular time as the Spirit leads. I want us to have a time of vocal praise in your foreign language or in tongues or in English. And the Lord will understand that in here. We'll just let the Holy Spirit move, okay? And uh, Pastor Dwayne's here and Stephanie, and they will, we will work on this together. But let's just let the Holy Spirit have his place this morning, okay? Amen. 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 This is a powerful moment today. Amen. Amen. And just want to say a big thank you to all of our missionaries that have spoken, but I just felt today as I was sitting there that perhaps there's someone here today that as you've seen so many different reflections of what missions looks like, and I just, had, I just prayed with someone getting ready to go to Uganda and doing a missions trip. Missions looks so, there's such a variety because our God is a creative, artistic God, and he leads us in those moments. I wonder, is there someone here today that as we've been going through that the Lord's speaking to your heart that you're like, God's called me to the mission field. Would you, would you just lift your hand? Lift, and you're with friends here today that you're going, God spoke to me. He's called me to be a missionary. And just leave that hand up so we can see because this, this, this is you identifying. The Lord's speaking to you. God's calling me to be a missionary, whether it's local or global. And would you just keep that hand up? And can you look around at those with, with the hands up? Would, would you just surround them in prayer today? I saw a few more hands than you would. I don't know now. <laughs> but you're just going, by faith, the Lord's speaking to me. Just lift up your hand. And those around, would you reach out to those who lifted their hand and just begin to pray for them? Father, we, we receive the call of God in our lives to be a missionary, Lord. That, and oftentimes when we hear that call, we don't know what it means, but we know you're speaking. And we want to say, yes, Lord, speak. Your servants, we are listening. Amen. Speak, Lord. We are servants. We are listening. And we will walk in obedience. So, Father, as they go and as they discover what this call is, this voice of the Lord, Father, may they know that we are standing with them, that we are standing behind them as the body of Christ to affirm the voice of God in their lives. Lord, may you use them. May you continue to speak to them. And, God, I'm praying for our kids that are downstairs. 
Lord, future missionaries, God, may they have ears that are tuned to you in, a, in the middle of a culture that would try to destroy them, Lord, that, that would try to indoctrinate them, that would try to distract them from who you are. Father, we speak against every attack of the enemy. God, may they be filled with your spirit. May they be filled with your power. May they be filled with the voice of God, I pray, in their lives. May you be now with the teachers, Lord, as they come in to minister to them and to help them in hearing the voice of God. God, let this be a sending church that would send out missionaries, amen? Generation after generation, seeking your face, walking in obedience to you. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. To God be the glory forever and ever. This is the kingdom. And everyone said together, amen. Amen. Just continue to thank the Lord this morning. We give you thanks, Lord. We give you all praise and all glory, amen. Father, we thank you for what you're doing today. Lord, today we have seen seeds that have burst forth from the ground into mighty trees. But Lord, I know today we've also, we've sown some new seed into fresh soil today. And Father, we know you've called us to plant, you've called us to water, but your word tells us that you bring the growth. So Father, would you bring growth? Father, would there just be, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that word, that Antioch church, Lord, that, that, uh, that Terry talked about earlier, that was the vision that you gave to Stephanie and I as we came back, that this would be an Antioch-sending church, oh God. We can only do that through your power, through the equipping of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So, Lord, as we step forward, we know that obedience is success. So we will obey, tune our ears to you as we walk in obedience. That's where our success is found in you, oh God. Now, Lord, bless this food, bless all the nations, bless our time. I'm praying that the body of Christ would be better and stronger because of today as we look to you. And everyone said together, amen. This is our benediction. We say this every day. Can we say this together? May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Now go and eat for Jesus. God bless you all.